When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like keeping our friends close and our exes closer, <laughs> throuples, second-guessing everything, and sharing about our past. But before we begin, we just want to give you the Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know what we're talking about. We don't know what we're talking about. And I'm super sleep-deprived today. And so this episode's going to be super professional. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a marked departure from what our episodes normally sound like. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we don't know what we're talking about. We're two best friends in our 30s, barely scraping by in this romantic wow. war zone. I'm just, come on, I'm trying to paint a picture here, Sam. <laughs> I feel like we're actually doing pretty all right for no, ourselves. I think, we're, I think we're doing fine, but we earned it. That's right. <laughs> Okay, so this is all to say um, we're just here to offer our humble advice to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. So please take our advice as you see fit. Welcome to episode 25. 25. 25. That's crazy. You know what? Um, I was like always looking forward to turning twi- 25. Twi- <laughs> Twive? It's, it's happened. It's happening already. The, the lack of sleep is showing already. Um, just drink that coffee, girl. I know. I know. I'm holding a mug right now from Big Cat's house that just says, you are doing a fucking great job. And I. <laughs> oh, I love that. I know. It makes me feel really good. <laughs> anyway, I was always really looking forward to turning 25 because of one of my favorite uh, movies, which is Some Like It Hot, mm-hmm. uh, starring Marilyn Monroe and Jack Lemmon. And um, in it, Marilyn is like this, I don't know, drunk floozy. And she's like, oh, at one point she's like, I turn 25 next month. It's a quarter of a century. Makes a girl think. And I had <laughs> been watching that movie since I was like 14. Uh-huh. And so the whole time I'm like, oh, when I turn 25, I'll get to say that. And then I realized it's just it? aging. <laughs> Yeah, I did. I think it was like the it was the name of my Facebook birthday party invite. <laughs> oh, okay, nice. Yeah, you came to it. I think. Did I? Because I also because that was my twenty third birthday. Oh, you know what? That's true. We rarely celebrate together. True. Yeah, just because of the thing, the way things like sort out. Yeah. Because um, I had a Michael Jordan party. <laughs> yeah, he I, was twenty three. The I, number twenty three. I, I did. I didn't know that, nor did I go to it. But um, but also, you know what? If I was turning 25, that means I met you like two and a half years beforehand. And we always got along and we always felt special to each other. But mm. it took us a while to feel yeah. like besties or like 
to be regularly in each other's lives, especially because I traveled a ton. And right. for a really long time, we had different friend groups. Yeah. So it's I, I'm not surprised that we weren't together. But anyway, quarter of a century, 25 episodes. We've been doing straight since July. Yes. Um, and now is a great time to tell, to break all of our listeners' hearts, even I'm more so than sorry. they're already broken. This was Sierra's idea. It was not my it was, idea. It was, it was Big not. Cat's idea. And you were very enthusiastic <laughs> about it. <laughs> um, but because our next two episodes would fall on major holidays, uh, well, or the lead up to it, which is Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, we're going to take the next two weeks off to regroup, recover, spend some time with our families and loved ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also give you all time to catch up on past episodes, re-listen to your favorite episodes, um, maybe suggest our podcast to your friends and family um, when you're sitting around during those awkward holiday conversations. Um, But stick with us. Um, We'll be back the... um I think it's the 7th. Yep. Mm-hmm. We'll be back on January 7th and we'll be revitalized whole new people with whole new goals and outlooks. Absolutely. You won't, you won't even recognize us. No, so it'll we'll be like, be, new year, new us. And I'll be like, hello, it's Sierra and this is Sam Blackwell. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I've been waiting for that one moment since July. Like that, I feel so complete. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad. Um, anyway, so, uh, yes, we will, we told them about that. So now we can get into our check-in topic. But wait, <gasps> if you can't resist us yes, and you need so to listen to us and... once a week and you, you love our voices, yes, uh, you can subscribe to our Patreon because we will be continuing putting, putting out, out Patreon episodes every for Wednesday. the next two weeks. Correct. So, and that's not because this is not like a favorite child sort of thing. No. We are financially obligated <laughs> to... <laughs> To support that child more than you. (laughs) Yes, people are paying us to produce the content, and so we will be doing that. Which we love, but we we love that this uh, podcast is free for you to listen to, um, but it's not free for us to make. So if you want to get those extra episodes, one extra episode every week, you can support us at JustBreakUpPod.com. Nope, just that was just... just You can go there, too, if you want, but it's (laughs) Patreon.com slash... Just, just break, break up, up pod. pod. Um, and for $5 a month, you get an extra episode every week, including the next two weeks that we are going to take off. Yes. Um, why don't we tell, uh, before we get into our check-in, why don't we just say what our holiday plans are? I did in... Last episode? Yeah, I think so, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, you could ask me. <laughs> you told me. Oh, I did? Did I? Yes. I'm sorry. I'm sleep deprived. I love you so much. <laughs> it might have been... I, it was actually the Patreon episode, though, so we can say it for... Oh, yeah. All of okay. our other listeners. Okay, so what are you going to do? So I am going... Say really fast so you don't waste their time. <laughs> I'm going to Wisconsin to visit Peter's family for yes. a little bit before Christmas. And then on Christmas Day, we'll drive back from Wisconsin here to spend the night with my parents. And then uh, after Christmas sometime, we'll do like a, a Christmas Day with my sister and her kids as well. Right. Okay. Cool. That sounds yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't mean to say that you were going to bore them <laughs> or <laughs> anything. I was mostly just making a this joke. This does feel like office small chat. <laughs> yeah, I know. Do you win some water from the water cooler? Uh-huh. Absolutely. So I'm going to be driving all the way to Pennsylvania to um, celebrate my sister's birthday, which is de- uh, December 21st. Amazing. I know. It's the winter solstice, which is the shortest day of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a fact I've been laughing at her for for the past I don't know thirty two years. Um, 
I was a very profound and smart child. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Or just, like, finding ways to be as mean as possible. <laughs> but as a baby, I just knew it. I was like, haha, my birthday is longer than yours. Or has more sunlight. Anyway, um, and then uh, Christmas at my sister's house with my nie- uh, nieces and nephew. And then um, you and I are actually going to be apart for a while because I will be on the East Coast helping my grandmother out, uh, caretaking for um, a family member. Um, but we are... We will be reconnected soon. I will miss you terribly. Good. Yeah. And aren't you officiating a wedding? And I'm officiating a wedding on New Year's Eve, and I'm not ordained. (laughs) (laughs) But it'll be awesome. I'll just, like, give them a gold sticker. (laughs) Yeah, you need to be ordained to, like, sign the marriage No, no, they're going to—it's—I don't know. They looked it up. Okay, great. I asked them. All right, as long as they're on board. Google told them what to do. Okay. I'm, like, having, like— like triggers of wedding planning. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, Sierra, yeah. are you thinking all of this through? No, I'm not. I'm going to show up the day of um, and just freestyle it like this podcast. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. What if we did that? What if, like, in year, years from now, one of our services was that we would officiate weddings? Honestly, I, I would love that. I would do that now. If any you, of you is getting married, I did have a really great a idea mid conversation here about what we should do at our eventual live show. Mm-hmm. One day, Sam and I are going to host a live show. We have a rough idea of when that's going to be, but we're not going to talk about it now because it's not anytime soon. But um, we want to host a live show. And I think we should play, like, before the episode starts as, like, a getting the audience warmed up, we should play a newlywed game with each other. <laughs> that's amazing. Isn't that so funny? I love that idea. Yeah, because it'll be, like, who, you know, is late more often. And it would be me. But you're <laughs> oh, you I'm surprised at how late you are. Because I think of you as a very punctual person. Meaning, like, you and I always show up to Big Cat's house, like, seven minutes late. Yeah. Which is not wrong. It's I'm because you like, arrive seven minutes late, so I know to anticipate that you're going to be seven minutes late. Okay, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I feel a little dragged right now. But anyway, so we should do that. This is me making a mental note that we should do that one day. Let's get into our check-in topic. Okay, great. Um, our check-in topic is actually from a letter from Emily H. from Virginia Beach. And I'm just going to read the letter because it's cute and funny. Um Hey, Sam and Sierra, the question is just a quick check-in. Uh, what What's y'all's stance on keeping things exes gave you slash left at your house? I have zero feelings for one of my exes, but his shirt is comfy AF. So I still wear it. Is that weird? Is there a limit? For example, shirts are okay, but jewelry is a no-no. Do I have to get rid of everything when my new bow starts coming over? Thanks for reading this. I am sending you two so much love from the East Coast. Aw, thanks, sweetie. I love that letter. And I love that question. I know, right? Sam, go. Um, so what are we like listing the things that we have from our exes? Oh, good one. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, what do I have from my ex? Well, like I've got a lot of, I was just thinking about this cause I was like putting up the Christmas tree. I have a lot of like Christmas stuff mm-hmm. from him. Cause like when we broke up, he basically tried to give me everything cause he didn't want to take it to his new apartment. Uh, so that's weird. And I threw a lot of that out. Um, but I also, this is weird, but I have a pair of underwear that was his that I still it? sometimes wear. But cuz they're just awesome underwear? Yeah. Yeah. Cuz totally. they're super comfy. Totally. Um I have uh trauma that he left at my house. <laughs> I've got emotional baggage <laughs> that I lug everywhere I go. <laughs> Actually, you know what? As you were talking, I was like kind of like doing a scan of my apartment. Yeah. And I think because a um 
because I had a big move over the past year, two yeah. big moves mm-hmm. um, over the past like calendar year, I relocated twice, um, which always makes me slim down my belongings. And two, I had a lot of emotional revelations about the physical and or emotional baggage that I was carrying. I don't think I kept anything. I have like gifts. Yeah. I guess what that's what the writer is um, asking, too, because like jewelry would be a gift. No, I think she's asking like if they leave their jewelry at your house, can yeah. you just keep it or but do you I have think, to give it back? But I but jewelry always makes me think of a gift. Yeah. But um yeah, you're right. So I'm all for it. Are you? Keeping shit? Yeah. Yeah. If they don't ask for it back, no. Then you're not obligated no. to give it to them. And are the underwear just like really comfortable? Yeah, for sure. And you know what? I think that there's gonna be some listeners that are grossed out by that. But <laughs> I have never truly understood people's disgust of underwear like the if once they're clean. Yeah, I washed them. Yeah. Also, we were like lovers having sex. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you exchanged a lot more than we, cotton. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, it was, yeah, no, it's fine. Um, so in general, I think that it's okay. I think that it's kind of like well, how about this? I think it's okay. I think that there are some weird situations, but more importantly than anything, I think that the the onus we put or the importance we put on physical objects afterwards is kind of weird sometimes. Like what I'm specifically thinking of is her new beau coming around and being like, oh, why are you wearing that ring? (laughs) Some other dude gave it to you, like the ring and his dick. And it'll like trigger all of his like caveman insecurities. Yeah. And that's what I don't understand. However, I wonder, I don't know if, if like my beau was like wearing I don't know. A gift that I don't know. It's hard because I think it would I think be like my, for me, it would be fine. But you are more weird. chill. No, no, you're not weird. You're just like you're just so analytical and in a good way. Because I'd be like, you're gonna have things that are that you are, remind you of your ex. Like right. it's part of your life. It's a part of your history. Are you like sleeping with the teddy bear that he gave you every night at like my expense? Then yeah. like that's weird. <laughs> that's my dog. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're like, oh no, this was like this is a bracelet my ex got me. I just I'd be like, like it. Okay, cool. And also, yeah, if I can check myself, if I can check the insecurity that just like flared up there for a second, uh-huh. like people are allowed to have sentimental value. Yeah. Like if I had a bracelet that I A, liked aesthetically yep. from an ex and B, literally liked the, you know, memory of them giving it to me, like that's okay. That doesn't mean I'm incapable of loving someone else. Absolutely. And let's face it, sometimes someone else's clothes just feels way more comfortable than oh, your absolutely. own. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. I don't keep the underwear because I like have pleasant memories. Yeah, <laughs> like, you I keep grind it because your I'm crotch like, <laughs> up against the ghost of his crotch. I keep it because I'm like, oh, these are these look nice and they're comfortable. Yeah, so, totally, totally. Yeah. I think I might have like a pair of sweatpants or something. Yeah. I am super guilty of wearing my significant other's clothing when I'm dating them. Are you? Yeah, because they're just like snuggly. No. Why? I never did it. Oh, well, I can't do it with Peter because Peter is like. Yeah, you would look like me in in a man's clothing. (laughs) When we were, like, first dating, he would, like, give me, like, gym shorts to borrow. Like, when we were... And he would be like, it looks like you are, like, a kid who, like, turns into adult and then turns back into a kid at the end of the movie and they're still wearing the adult clothes. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. On that note, um, I, yeah, I say don't feel bad about wearing... Mm -mm. The clothes. I mean, it's just clothing. It's just clothing. We, these are just 
bodies and and weird physical objects that are all going to like be meaningless one day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's my nihilistic, realistic approach. Um, yeah, I think that's how I feel. Same. Cool. All right, Emily, let me get into you. Do you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You do you with other people's things. <laughs> yes. I'm also. I do love the petty keep. You know what I mean? Had those. I've definitely had those. I know. I've been like, well, <laughs> or I've done the petty donate. Like mm. we break up, like and like the week later, I'm like, well, Goodwill needs another donation. <laughs> you know. <laughs> All right, let's get into our first letter. This is someone uh, writing to us by the name of Kale. Yeah? Is that how you Kale. say that? Kyle? Oh, Kale or Kale. <laughs> Man, we should really rehearse beforehand. <laughs> I'm going to say Kale. And if this is wrong, my darling, please write us and we apologize. Um, Kale is writing to us from Connecticut. And they write, hi, Sam and Sierra. First off, I want to say I love your podcast. And second, I have a question that has been burning me up from the inside. An ex of mine and I have recently become friends with benefits not long after breaking up. We were rocky for a while, but over these last few weeks, things have been great. Amazing, even. He compliments me, takes me on dates, and treats me like a significant other, even though we aren't together. My problem is that I see constantly see him speaking to a girl in another state over messenger it's gotten to the point where i have had to create a rule where we don't text anyone else when we are together just to keep him from doing it and this is someone he planned on moving for but those plans were once canceled i know it's not my business because he and i aren't actually a couple but i can't help but feel some level of sadness and overall just don't feel like i'll ever be enough even though he's constantly telling me he loves me and how much how amazing i am i just don't think i could handle it if i knew he was telling her the exact same thing things should i just move on how do i even do that i'm so caught up in my own feelings of love that i'm scared to move on not to mention he said that he wouldn't want to stick around if i date someone else i'm terrified of losing him but all this heartbreak um all of this heartache and wondering is causing me so much distress some days we'll have an amazing time but i'll still go home and just cry to myself because it hurts what do i do have either of you ever been in this situation thanks for your impact input thank you so much kale Kale. 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 I'm going to say Kale. Yeah. Okay. Great. Cool. Um, thank you so much for writing, my darling. And yes, I have absolutely been in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I will describe my situation from my perspective now. And it was that just what you described, I, I had kind of gotten myself into a rut in a relationship, meaning I didn't feel empowered enough to stay and I felt uh, to, to leave. Um, but I... F- and I felt like a little bit of dependency on that person because we were because things weren't defined. I was kind of like floating in this middle ground in which I constantly felt crazy and unaffirmed and unstable to the point where I couldn't just say like, nope, I don't want this. Because if I say, no, I don't want this, I don't have anything. But if I say I do want this, it's like I, I still don't have enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's my experience of that. Have you ever been in that? Yeah, I lived with my ex for two years. <laughs> I love when you just <laughs> drop that one. I love when you just uh, remind during which, us. <laughs> during which we were like also sleeping together. Occasionally. But Occasionally, not but time, not right? all the time. Yeah, they had separate bedrooms. It was really weird, guys. It was very weird. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I remember being in those situations where I was like, I have no right to criticize you, but like also 
I'm really jealous of the fact that you are texting other people like right. while we're watching this movie. Yeah, I actually think that that the the way we naturally like let the afterbirth of a relationship stick around, you know, like the relationship ends and then it's just like there's like this ghost yep. that sticks around or the or the like I think about the afterbirth of a train or something like that warm breeze that hits you on a mm. train station. Yep. Um that that human nature to do that is honestly sometimes like a form of self-harm because we 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 want the relief of that person's attention yep more than we want to feel what it feels to be alone yes absolutely um, right and it's um it's part of the fact that we often seek validation from things outside of ourselves yeah. and so the idea that um the idea of being alone means that you have to sort of understand your own worth, affirm yourself, validate yourself when it's so much easier when that person over there who's like kind of mean to me, but is still like giving me, telling me totally. that he loves me, wanting to sleep with me, right. wanting to get with me. And so like it's much easier sometimes to sit in that place and be like, I don't have to do the head and heart work yeah. of being alone and when I can just like get that. who wants to feel unwanted? Like who wants to feel all we want is a salve for our wounds, True. right? And so, like, we've just had a breakup. We feel terrible. What would make me feel better? Anything, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so back to your letter, Kale. Um, I think the first question Sam and I have, and it's a little bit of a harsh one, but we mean it with a lot of love. You write in the beginning of this letter about how great it's been because he's been nice and treats you like a girlfriend even though you're not, but... Then you end the letter saying, I go home and I cry because it hurts. I'm feeling, you know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm so stressed out. This heartache and wondering is just making me feel so unstable. So we want to know sincerely, in what way has this been great for you? In mm-hmm. what way, other than the, the surface level, it's like when somebody, you know, somebody telling you you feel pretty before you understand what's behind them, who they are, what that means to you. You know, like there yep. is the initial goodness. Yeah, where you're like, woohoo. Yeah. But then you're like, wait a minute. Um, you're actually a terrible person that I don't want to spend time with. <laughs> <laughs> um, the pretty is a bad example, but just the idea of if you if you truly sit and listen, sometimes I, I, I call it like this sounds super hippie woo-woo, and I am a pretty big hippie, but <laughs> it makes me uncomfortable to even say this, but... If you stop, you turn off your phone, you sit down by yourself, and you listen to what your soul is literally screaming at you. (laughs) And right now, your soul is screaming at you, this is making me feel unhappy, unstable, I don't feel fulfilled, I'm paranoid. Um, And... At the same time, your your ego, and I don't mean like that you have a big ego, everybody has an ego, your ego wants the validation of things are safe, he does want me, he's not texting that other girl thing. So it's like you feel torn between listening to your inner voice, the voice that's trying to protect you, yep. or like or like protect you holistically, and the voice that's trying to soothe you, mm. you know? Yeah, no, that's absolutely true, because I think um, you are, you're in the situation right now where you are... You are feeling constantly unwanted, but there are these moments where it's like, oh, that felt good. And I'm saying that if you extract yourself from that situation, you're not going to feel that feeling of unwanted all the time. Right. It's and you're going to return. Less less. Right. You're going to return to 
a state of normal so that you don't crave that that behavior that is validating but but without any sort of backing behind right. it totally um and also the the one pretty big hard truth i'm gonna say is i definitely think that guy is telling the girl the same thing i could be totally Ooh. wrong <laughs> i could be totally wrong but um from one bleeding heart to another like across the country I think that it is an easy assumption for mm-hmm. me to say he he has no you write this to us that he has no um bo- like bond to you he has no um allegiance to you yep. and people are capable of feeling um love for more than one person at one time and I I, I just yep I say that with love to your heart that I I I I would think that he's saying the same things to that girl I think so too so let's get mimosas and like cry about it. <laughs> yeah, totally, because it sucks. It no, sucks it does. Balls. But it's, I mean, it's real. Yeah. Um, oh my God, I just remembered I had, I had such a terrible dream last night. The reason oh. why I didn't sleep well is because I went to bed late and then woke up out of this terrible dream and couldn't go back to sleep because it was so terrible. And I'm not going to tell you anything other than the <laughs> fact, other than the fact that it involved me shooting a diseased squirrel with huge testicles. <laughs> Dream interpret that shit, okay? Oh, and then I... my ex took the 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 squirrel carcass and the fucking testicles and held them up to my face and tried to put them in my mouth. <laughs> okay, we're going to talk about this later. <laughs> it was horrible there's there's a lot to unpack there used for that i that is not going to be the episode title okay big cats i just it'll trigger me it was such a terrifying dream i'm sorry kale to interrupt your letter but i just i said balls and then i was triggered it was such a weird i woke up and i was like what the fuck is my subconscious doing to me other than shoving toxic masculinity down my face that's exactly what it is i know okay anyway okay sorry kale <laughs> I just, I just, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, um, back to you, my love. <laughs> yeah, the one thing I also want to say about that I think is also important is that it's really easy to be great to people when you also have no responsibility towards them. Yeah. And so, like, it's really easy to say someone's real pretty, tell them that you love them. When without... you can text another person at the exact same time. Exactly. When you have no accountability. So not you that can, you're like... not pretty and wonderful. You are pretty and wonderful. You are so pretty and worthy of love. And you're and what we're trying to say is you're worthy of love better than this. Absolutely. So like the fact that he can be so nice to you is because he knows that if anything gets rough, yeah, he can or, be like or peace. More importantly, he knows that if you ask him of anything, he'll be like, Oh, we're not gonna we're not together like oh, Right. You know? And then and he and he can flip that neediness right back on you. Yeah. Which is just that's what I hate about situations like this is that it makes people feel crazy and it makes them feel like they can't have standards. Yeah. Or, you know, just Kale, just because this man is not your boyfriend does not mean you don't have a unspoken social contract with each other. True. And he, he that contract says he needs to treat you with respect. Mm-hmm. But also, you both need to be transparent about what you want. Yeah. And if you're if you're wanting more consistency from him, if you are feeling insecure about him being with somebody else, if you are unhappy in this friends with benefits situation, girl, I say get out. Absolutely. And I I think that you are you are enjoying like the high points of this relationship for sure. But I think if you really sat and listened 
to your soul. Which it sounds like you are. Which is right, exactly. I think that you would realize that this isn't what you want out of this relationship. Right. This isn't what you want out of your uh, you don't want to be putting all of this energy and time and wonderfulness into this thing yeah. that's not giving you anything back and that is leaving you crying. Yeah. You don't because deserve you don't... to feel this way. Exactly. And so I think um I Sierra and I think that this needs to not be happening. <laughs> Sam and I think that you should go out and find somebody who will love you right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Jessica Salgado, a poet, always says, um, if you're not going to stay, get out of the way for someone who will. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. We love you, Kale. I hope I'm saying your name right. We love you very much. Thank you for writing. Thank you. Y'all, as a self-employed person, as a mom of a toddler, I am always struggling with finding time to manage my finances. At the end of a busy week, the last thing I want to do is spend time budgeting all of my expenses or tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions I no longer use. But now I use Rocket Money and it does all of that for me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, you have full control over your subscriptions and a clear view of your expenses. You can see all your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, Rocket Money can help cancel it with a few taps. I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month so I can clearly see my spending habits and check myself if needed. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even help try to negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you, which I obviously love as a somewhat introverted, conflict-avoidant person. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Rocket Money has over 5 million subscribers and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up. That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Quince has things like premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. This past month, I treated myself to a pair of new slippers because I'm in that hashtag mom life era of my life um, in which (laughs) um, I am never not in slippers. And these are 100% Australian shearling lined clog slippers. And I love that they're slip on, but they have those durable rubber outsoles. They're super cushy, super comfortable, but I feel like I can run outside to like take the trash out in them while also like staying warm and active 
in the house. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. Our next letter comes from Anton B., who's writing from San Francisco. Hi, Sam and Sierra. I'm 25 and recently stumbled upon your podcast by accident after going through a tough breakup with my girlfriend. I'm looking for your advice on my fucked up situation that I am struggling with. I have known my girlfriend for nine years. We met in high school and instantly became friends. Me, my best friend, and my girlfriend hung out every day and became inseparable. All three of us eventually went on to the same college. During our first year, myself and my girlfriend fell in love. In my attempt to keep things open and honest, I asked my best friend if it would be okay if I started dating our friends. He assured me that there was no hard feelings about it and urged me to go for it. Flash forward to today. We have now been together for over five years and have been through it all. The highs, the lows, and everything in between. We recently found a place that we can afford and invited our best friend to come live with us. I couldn't be happier living with my girlfriend and my best friend. After living together for six months, a bomb dropped. I came home early from work one day to find my girlfriend and the person who I thought was my best friend in the same bed. (sighs) I was in shock, speechless, furious, and feeling betrayed. They both assured me that nothing happened and that they were just keeping... That is like some movie shit. I know it is. It's like the plot of New Girl. Oh, for sure. The this first is, episode. This is the opening scene of a movie about how a man like falls in love with the person that's actually right for him. And that's what we're about to tell you. Keep reading, <laughs> Sam. Uh, I spent the rest of... They both assured me that nothing happened and they were just keeping each other company. I spent the rest of the day with my girlfriend and she revealed to me that her and my best friend fell in love and kissed a few weeks before... He told her that he had feelings for her the whole time we have known each other and kept it a secret. He never spoke to me about this. She confessed that she also has mutual feelings for him, but still feels a strong bond between us. Even though the whole time we have been together, she established her strong beliefs in monogamy. She now wants to try for a polyamorous relationship. I am upset, lost, confused, and isolated. The two people I cared for have betrayed me. They both describe still loving and caring for me, yet every day I remain under the same roof as them, and I feel devastated and abandoned. Right now, my girlfriend has neither broken up with me or my friend. She has asked for some time to think and requested that I do not move out. I expressed to her that I still love her and am willing to forgive her if he moves out. From the beginning, I always saw a future with this girl, and she expressed that we are on the same page. I strongly believe that we can make things work again. She expressed that if she chooses one, she will always be thinking about the other. I do not know what to trust anymore or if I can trust my own feelings. I've already been looking for a place and it makes her more upset at the idea of me leaving. I am devastated to see her upset and yet cannot bear to live under the same roof as my quote friend. Do I just tear off the bandage and move out? Is it worth trying to talk this out as a group and give a polyamorous polyamorous relationship a chance? Anton, thank you so much for writing. And I first want to say I'm so sorry you have to experience this type of devastating loss. Absolutely. This is just like a a breakup is hard enough. And to also be betrayed by your best friend, like this is like several, several layers of grief. And I'm really sorry. Absolutely. I'm, I'm I'm so grateful you wrote us and that you stumbled across our podcast. Um, but I just want to say first, like, damn, like this, 
this hurts. This is one of probably the most painful letters yeah. and situations that one of the more painful letters and situations that we've received. Absolutely. Um, because I also know how you feel stuck in that house that you want right. to you want to draw the line and leave. But this is the person you love. Absolutely. Um, And that's just fucking so hard. Absolutely. That anxiety around breaking up with someone when you live with them. Oh and my then God. like. The idea of like, not only have I lost my significant other, but also you've lost your friend. Right. And now you have to like find a way to support yourself and get out. And that I just like feel in my heart the pain and the anxiety around all of this. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say some pretty intense things about your girlfriend right now. Um, okay. And nothing cruel. Um, but I want to say one, um, she Absolutely does she she lost the right to 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 dictate how this goes. Mm-hmm. Um that's how I feel is that like it, it sounds like you you and your friend are still living in this um apartment with her and still giving her the space and time and comfort to decide whatever she wants in the comfort of this situation. Yep. But the reality is that means that she has the power that she had that she is the decider in the relationship um and that your feelings of discomfort are not being as prioritized as her need for comfort mm-hmm. right yep. um and the i it's going to sound like i coughed on the podcast when sam said this but i actually like convulsed and made a pukey noise cuz I, I the fact that she's asking you to stay and not move out it just like it it shows me what level of disillusionment she's at yep. and how afraid she is to lose you because she knows she fucked up. Yep. And she ha- and because and the reality is if you want to be with someone um if you want to be with two people or one person or whatever that there, there is discomfort in deciding things. Mm-hmm. And I, the best lesson I ever learned from therapy was lean into discomfort. Discomfort mm. is here to teach you something. Yep. And right now she's not leaning. She's patting herself up. Like she's like thinking, think about the way we like um, wrap ourselves in padding to prevent ourselves from being hurt. Like she's keeping you and your friend there. She's keeping the apartment. She's keeping everything that keeps her comfortable. So she doesn't have to feel the discomfort of yep. the actions that she did. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. I just... I know it's not that I think she's a terrible person. I know I so wholeheartedly how, how people get into these situations. Yep. Um, but she, what I learned when I got in fucked up situations like this is that I'm no longer the decider. Like mm-hmm. that I have to take repercussions for my actions. And Absolutely. one of her repercussions is, is that she doesn't get to decide what is the next step for your relationship. Absolutely. You do. Yep. Absolutely. Because she already made her decision. Right. Which is that she wanted to see what this relationship with your Mm -hmm. right with your friend was going to look like and that she wants a polyamorous relationship like those are the decisions that she has made that she's pursued you know like it's not even that she was like hey sweetie would you would you like to open our relationship she she made that decision for you and that's what i'm talking about like yep taking control of what of of your right to be in this relationship or not absolutely one, to answer your very first question or your, your question at the end is, is it worth trying to talk this out as a group and give a polyamorous relationship a chance? Anton, it's Sam and I respect all romantic choices, all romantic lifestyles, sexual lifestyles. We believe that autonomy um, and it is the most important thing and authenticity is the most important thing when it comes to um, your uh, sexual or romantic relationship. And so we're like, hey, man, if, if you and your partners consent... God bless. Godspeed. Do oh, whatever you want. 
However, this seems not only like hurtful and and awful, but the, we want to echo back to you tenderly and with love mm-hmm. that every word in this letter is steeped in pain and, yep. and, and not just pain, like really painful compromise. Absolutely. It doesn't sound like this is what you want. Right. It yeah. sounds like you're holding this all together for her. Absolutely. And you didn't come into this conversation around a, a this type of relationship with your consent, right? right? Like this decision was made for you. And now you are be giving, being given an ultimatum, which is break up or do things the way that your girlfriend wants to right. do them. And let me say this, too. It's it's. Again, Sam and I don't think that a polyamorous relationship is impossible, but not like this, sweetie. Not under the same roof, not with your best friend who betrayed you, who betrayed you. Um, And and don't get me wrong, like to anybody out there listening and thinking we're being too harsh, like I I get it. I I know what the girlfriend is experiencing and the boyfriend or excuse me, the friend. And the boyfriend. <laughs> I feel like I played every part of this play. <laughs> Honestly, yes. <laughs> um, and I just, and so I don't think that she's a bad person, nor is the friend, but what we want to do is be your advocate in this situation because you seem really powerless. You seem like your power has been stripped from you because the person you loved and trusted and was building a life with um, started building a life without your consent and without you knowing. Absolutely. And what we want to tell you is that you have power in this. Right. You have the power to leave. You have the power to stand up for yourself. You have the power to say, this is what I want. And if you can't, if we can't get to that point, then I don't want to be here. And and so you do have autonomy in this, even though it feels like it's been all taken away from you. It, it hasn't. You still have power. The circumstances have changed and your girlfriend deliberately changed them, to yeah. be clear. Yeah. Um, but you still have power to to stand up for yourself, to ask for what you want, and to step away if it's not what you if, yeah. if people aren't able to offer it to you. And whatever way you move on from this, whether you decide to um, try to pursue things with her as a single couple, or expand it into another realm, um, or you leave her, whatever way that has to be, that is, we want you to set the parameters. Yep. I want to empower you to say. You're not going to speak to me for a month, you mm-hmm. know, or honestly, Sam, I wish he could ask the other two to move out. Honestly, right? me too. <laughs> because he didn't, you didn't ask for this, Anton. You didn't, you did nothing to like, this shouldn't dis- inconvenience you. <laughs> right? They should get on fucking Craigslist and, you yeah. know, worry about credit checks and things like that. For sure. <laughs> um, I wish you could find other room. I mean, like. So we just want to empower you to you, what are your boundaries, right? Absolutely. Um, and I know it's hurt, like on top of all this stress, I know it just hurts. Yeah. Like nine years is a long time to know someone. Five years is a long time to love them. Absolutely. Um, and I so I just know this sucks. I know this hurts. You have two strangers across the country rooting for your happiness and um, really hoping that you feel like you deserve better than this. Absolutely. Yeah. We love you, Anton. Thanks for writing. Thank you. All right. This next letter is from Stephanie S., who is writing to us from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Dear Sam and Sierra, first off, I want to thank you for the tremendous amount of love and generosity you pour into this podcast. You two remind me to take care of myself and to show the important people of my life how much I care about them. And thank you so, so much for reaffirming that asexuals and asexual relationships are valid. You two have always made me feel seen, and it means a lot to me. Oh, I know. I want to cry forever. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's so sweet. Thank you. Yeah. Now for the main event. An introduction to my anxiety. Surgeon General's warning. I'm not sure if any of this will make sense. And it's kind of long, but here goes. <laughs> I've been in a healthy and loving monogamous relationship with the boyfriend, my boyfriend for over two years. Or almost years. Although I'm asexual and he is not, we continually work to understand each other and communicate across our differences. He is respectful, supportive, and caring. I love him so much. When I think of my future, I see him in it. We've talked about it a bit before. He's mentioned eventually moving in together, and we've already decided to name our what we will name our future cat. The tricky thing is that we're in college and I'm a year older than him, meaning I'm graduating from undergrad in the spring and he has one more year to stick around at our university. I'm starting to apply for grad schools and full-time jobs all over the country, and this whole process is terrifying to me. We definitely want to continue our relationship, but we know this next year or two might be challenging depending on where I end up. I'm especially worried about this, but my boyfriend seems really optimistic, saying things like, we may need to be in different places for a while but that we'll eventually find our way back together. I can't help but think this that's easier than, said than done. Long distance is hard. I'm so afraid that if I go to grad school or accept a job across the country, it's going to break us. I need to be planning for my future, but I'm afraid my choices leading us in separate directions. Uh, I'm afraid of my choices leading us in separate directions. Should I limit my options to places that will let me see him? If I do, am I selling myself short and ruining my chances of a good start in a larger professional world? I'm an art student and aspiring writer. It's already hard trying to find jobs. And what if I do move away? I'm a great communicator, and I know I'd put in the effort to make long distance work. I hope that he would too. We've had communications, we've had problems in the past due to a lack of communications via text, as I am a words of affirmation girl, affirmation girl all the way. I recently brought my concern to him. Um, up to him and he stepped up and put in the work but what if we fall back into the pattern again because i'm gone on top of that his main love language is physical touch and i'd hate to leave him in the cold i don't want to sacrifice my career prospects for my boyfriend but i just want to give us our best chance if i move is our relationship doomed to die a slow death will i resent him if i i I find a way to stay? Am I stressing over nothing? Should I even be serious about a relationship at the age 21? I just don't want to lose our good, true love as I'm transitioning into the next stage of life. Thank you for reading and listening. Sincerely, Stephanie. She, her pronouns. <laughs> Stephanie, thank you so much for writing. I want to say that this is what my brain sounds like sometimes. I know. <laughs> Stephanie, um, we're about to be really, really, really sweet to you. But the first thing I want to say is I hope you hear the spiraling anxiety that is in this letter. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that in like a shitty way. I'm no. just I sometimes it's really powerful to hear our words read or our thought process read back to us. Yep. And we picked this letter because of your adorable little ball of anxiety. <laughs> because um I think it's something super relatable to be afraid to anxiety starts to rise when we know there's a great transition up like coming up Absolutely. and we can't do anything about it now or like that. Yes. Or like, oh, my God, the choices that we make now are going to affect what happens. But everything is intangible right now. Yep. This is like anxiety breeding ground 101, <laughs> which I mix metaphors there, <laughs> like breeding ground. Just a little bit. It's and fine. a classroom. <laughs> uh, no, and absolutely. That's it. Like anxiety. Um, prevents us from seeing the present because we're so fixated on the future. Right. And, you know, one of the things, like, so when I was in college, like, I would have these, like, spiraling, like, 
basically panic attacks every night because I would be thinking like, oh, God, what if I need to do this? And like, oh, I should be doing this. And like, all of what what if this happens? And it's like I had to constantly remind myself. And like, that's how I get through it is be like, there's absolutely nothing I can do about this right now. Right. There's nothing I can do about this. But to counter it, to be (laughs) the little devil on Stephanie's shoulder she has to make choices. And that's, I think this is one of the hardest situations for people who struggle with anxiety is when um, you have to be future minded because it, it fuels all of anxiety's little like. Yeah. um, And I would say yes. I but I would also push back on that because yes, you do have to make decisions, but those decisions aren't, you don't have to make all of the decisions Right. right now. Totally. Right. So you can decide I'm going to apply for this grad school student or grad school program, this job in these cities. And then you don't get you don't have to decide anything until you hear back from them. And then you get to make the decision about, okay, now I know that I'm moving to San Francisco. How do I how do we what does our relationship look like now? Totally. Totally. One. You can literally only do one thing at a time. Yes. Um. I want to do a little bit of an exercise with you, Sam, and I want to go through Stephanie's letter and tell her what we see is true. Because I want to say, because that's what anxiety tricks us. Anxiety oh, yeah, is like, sure. I don't know what's going on. Everything's <laughs> unstable. Nobody loves me. Nothing is sure, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm like getting triggered just hearing that. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but Stephanie, you say so much truth yep. throughout this letter. And I just want to echo some of it back to you. The first thing I say, I want to say to you is that you assure us so beautifully and confidently at the beginning of this letter that you not only are in a wonderful, loving relationship with your boyfriend of almost two years, but that you see him in your future. Yes. That you want it. That you, that that is something that you two have cultivated together. Absolutely. And that, that you want it, right? That, that I, that you, you made a point to present to us that you are not unhappy in any way. Absolutely. It is only your fear that is making you question all of this. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, what I want to affirm is that you and your boyfriend have already proven that you can adapt uh, to different circumstances. Oh, such a good point. When you when you told him that you needed him to step up with more texts while you guys aren't together, he did it. And he did it in a way that was still authentic to himself, but like recognize that that was a need that you had and was able to do it. So right. you two are already learning how to do things differently, to right. meet each other where you're at and to figure out how to make it work. Right. So amazing. And I would also add, um, you write long distance is hard and I want to say, yes, it is. But relationships are hard. Yeah. Communication is challenging. And you've already proven to us, just as Sam said, that you, A, are a great communicator, but B, you two are willing to step up to the plate, Absolutely. to put in the work, to adjust, right, yep. to evolve. And that's really what this would look like. It would just look like an evolution. Yep. Um. Yeah. I. I want to say, I want to answer a couple of your questions, but I'm not going to answer all of them because I don't want to talk to your anxiety. I want to talk to you. (laughs) And I think your anxiety asks us 90% of those questions. But I'm going to say to you, Stephanie, um, woman to woman, um, I want to say you have every right to go to whatever school or pursue whatever job you want. Mm -hmm. You also won't be betraying yourself if you want to be around somebody you love. Yes, absolutely. Make, just make sure what you choose is going to be not just sufficient, but uh, 
for, for your needs, but will fulfill you, will make you feel passionate and excited and, and make you love what you do, whether you're in grad school or at a job. Like, make sure you're choosing something that will fulfill you. But if, it's, but if you choose a grad program that's three hours away from him, that is a great grad program that will make you feel passionate um, or whatever. That's not you betraying yourself. That's you honoring what you want. Right. Exactly. Especially the, this year, this this relationship seems pretty, pretty established. So, mm-hmm. like, you're not going to be, you're not, like, barefoot in the kitchen betraying yourself as, like, a professional <laughs> independent woman by, by being like, you know what? I don't want to abandon this relationship yet. I want to see where it goes. Absolutely. You can have um, multiple things that you value at the same time. Right. And so it's not, and that's, again, something that I want to say maybe to your anxiety there is no either or here. Right. There are a multitude of gray options between these black and whites that I think that you are seeing. Um, and so you can still be in a get a great job, go to a good grad program and be close enough to to be near your boyfriend. You can decide I don't really want to go to grad school anymore, and I want to get a job working at a local nonprofit so that I can stay with my boyfriend for another year before I sort of make the next choice. Right. There's like there's a multitude of different options right. here that aren't just uh, we break up and I'm heartbroken and I because I and move I away, it. Right? right? Or I stay here and I give up on my dreams for the rest of my life, right? <laughs> right. There's, totally. There's so much more that you can do in this space. And yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll echo that a little too. Twenty one is a really scary time to be making decisions because it feels like it's everything. It feels like you are going to make one decision and it's either going to make or break your life. And we have been told throughout childhood that there are right choices and wrong choices. And that, and what's great about high school and college is that they like tell you what to do. Like you have to take this class to get this knowledge, to get this skill, to get this job. Right. And now you're entering the world where it turns out None of that really matters, and there's no clear path anyway. But what I'm, what, what I think we're trying to tell you is that there are no wrong choices. There are just choices that we make. Right. And no matter what choice you make, you're not doing something bad. No one's going to come and say like, "You failed this." Right. Go back. Right. To school. It's going to be like, okay, well that didn't work. So like, what's next? Right. Yeah. I think the last thing I want to say is, you know. A minute ago, I was like, it's okay to choose a program or a job closer to your boyfriend. But I'm going to go on the flip side and say, if you were across the country from your boyfriend, I still think you guys can make it work. I do, too. Yeah. And I I think right now it's going it's weighing your options and saying um, it's really important to me to be close to him or it's really important to me to be in a program with X, Y and Z. Mm -hmm. Or it's really important to have a job that pays me this amount yep. um, and then see do what Sam said which is do all the preliminary work now and rest knowing that's the only work you can make yep. it's the only work that you can do right now you can just apply and then when you start getting the answers in then you can sit down with sound mind and heart open yep. heart to the all the possibilities of the universe not to be intimidated by them or overwhelmed by them but to know oh my gosh the whole world is at my fingertips yep. and it's at my love's fingertips that mm-hmm. like the possibility of my relationship is endless right now. Absolutely. Um, we hope this helps, Stephanie. I really find your letter quite endearing. And yes. I think Sam and I relate to it on a very personal level. We oh, love sure. you. Thank you for writing. We hope this helps. Thank you. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Our last letter comes from Anonymous Anonymous, who's writing from Massachusetts. That's two New Englanders this episode. Another Mm -hmm. one was from Connecticut. Sorry. Uh, So Anonymous writes, I'm a man and I'm in a loving relationship that I wouldn't give up the world for. My girlfriend, let's call her Ellen, is about the greatest person I have ever met. We are moving in together this week after being together for a year. Congratulations. We have been sexually intimate for the majority of our relationship. I have a long and terrible history of being with terrible people and had a horrible breakup two and a half years ago that Ellen really helped me get over. All of this context is so you understand the timeline. I have had a history of self-harm for about 15 years Mm. and have currently been clean for nine months. It's a very hard thing to deal with, especially with some issues with my stepmother faking cancer and my most recent ex constantly trying to contact me, even though she has been blocked at every attempt to contact me. Mm. This ex had lied and said I had done some terrible things to her after flying across the country to cheat on me after being together for five years. Mm. This event caused a terrible downward spiral that um, ended up with me trying to take my own life and relapsing in my recovery from self-harm. Since me and Alan have been together, everything has slowly improved. I am now in therapy and hopefully will be taking medication for my several anxiety disorders and depressive disorders soon. Alan has been such a great friend and partner, and I really feel like I have something special with her. However, the topic of my self-harm has never come up, and I am embarrassed and ashamed to mention it to her. I have mentioned we are sexually active, and I really do not make any attempts to hide the scars when I'm around her. I'm sure she's seen them, but she has not brought it up. How can I bring up this topic with her without assuming that I'm bringing it up due to me being in danger, without her assuming that I'm bringing it up due to me being in danger of harming myself again? Mm. I want her to know that it is a part of my past and will probably always be a part of my identity, but it is something I intend not to continue to take part in. I don't want her to be afraid of being more open with me, and I feel like sharing this hard part of my life with her would probably be hard for her to hear but would make us grow closer. I do not intend on keeping the secret for any longer, especially since we will be living together. Thank you for your time. Love you guys and love the podcast. Keep going strong. Thank you, Anonymous. I really, really appreciate the transparency in this letter. And I first want to say congratulations for um, being clean from self-harm for so long. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's a wonderful milestone, and we're both super proud of you. I know what type of work goes into that, and um, I'm just so grateful for your transparency for you to write us this wonderful letter. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think it also, I want to affirm the fact that it sounds like your relationship has a really strong foundation, and Mm -hmm. I'm And I think one of my favorite points of this letter is just that you called her your friend. Like, she's (laughs) such a good friend and partner made me think of of that sweetness that comes with relationships that um, have that tenderness. Does that make sense? Like, I don't think every partner would call their friend their partner a friend yeah and but i think the best ones do Mm -hmm. um so that made me really happy um so i want to start with saying um communication and vulnerability strengthen your intimacy from what you've written it's like you you already know this you know it's inevitable you know that it could strengthen you but right now if 
what comes with things like self-harm, mental health uh, stigmas is the sense of shame. It's the sense Mm -hmm. of brokenness. And also maybe most importantly in this situation, um, the fear of feeling like a burden. Um, And I think that you, Anonymous, might feel like Ellen has already helped you carry so much that you don't want to add it to her. You don't want to concern her. You don't want to make her feel like you are this, um, you know, broken um, mess of a thing that she has to clean up and put back together. Mm -hmm. Um, But we are here to tell you you are absolutely not broken. And um, your history, yourself, your body, your scars is nothing to be ashamed of. Absolutely. also, it sounds like from the work that you're doing, um, being in therapy, um, distancing yourself from all of these toxic people, you already know the stigmas that come with mental health. And you know that those stigmas, that shame um, goes away when you bring it out into the light, right? Mm-hmm. So you, in in speaking to your partner, in telling her exactly who you are, what your history is, what you've dealt with, it'll not only bring you closer, but you will be abandoning and 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 firmly rejecting the stigmas that have tried to oppress people in the mental health community mm-hmm. for decades, forever, right? Yeah. Um, so I want to encourage you to be, to find, if you can, if you can find it in yourself, almost a sense of strength from the idea that I'm not just doing this for my relationship, I'm doing this for the bigger community. I'm mm. no longer going to be ashamed of this. Mm. I'm not ashamed of um, of having mental health issues. I'm not afraid of my diagnoses. I'm not afraid of my history. Um, the only thing I'm afraid of is being ashamed of myself. Absolutely. Right? And so you can think of it as a gift to yourself, to the community at, at a large, um, and to your relationship that it— the things that we bring into relationships can either like bind us or f- freeze us or free us. Um, and and I really just want to, from your writing, it sounds like you know what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Not just because you have to. I, I do think you could go through this whole relationship not telling Ellen. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that could happen. It doesn't seem like she needs to know. But you know in your heart of hearts that it will bring you closer to her. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, I agree. And I think, um, you know, uh, having a lot of folks who um, have had mental health issues in my life, being able to talk about it lowers the amount of concern that I have. Right. Right. So, you know, my guess is that Alan has seen your scars um, and knows that you are sort of working a lot of things out, going to therapy, starting on medication. Um, And so I think... Being able to talk to her about it and say, this is where I'm at. I've been clean for nine months. I don't want to do it again, but I have done this in the past. We'll let her know where you are in your recovery. Right. We'll put her at ease because my guess is that she might see those scars and wonder, how long has this been going on? Is he still doing this? Should I be concerned? How can I be helpful? Um, and so being able to have an open and honest conversation about it. I don't think we'll make her feel like a bur- like you're burdening her or will make her feel more concerned. I think that by having this conversation and being honest and vulnerable will maybe also put her at ease, too, in the same right. way that you're looking for um, that more comfort in your relationship. I, my guess is that she's probably sitting there thinking the same thing. Right. And honestly, Anonymous, I think the biggest thing I want to stress is something Sam mentioned, the fact that she has 
almost undoubtedly seen these scars. We just want to say, like, she loves you. Mm-hmm. You're about to move in together. This is such an exciting time. And she loves you as you are for the past year with all your baggage and history and scars. And she's here. She's showing up for you. Absolutely. So we talk on the podcast a lot about, like, not only listening to what people are telling us with their words, their actions, but trusting people. Yep. Trusting people to to love, to to. Trusting people that their love is good. Yep. And from everything you've written, Ellen is here. Ellen loves you. Mm-hmm. And I think that love is a beautiful love. Absolutely. Um, and so she has done, I think something that's really vulnerable is is accepting the fat, fact that she hasn't rejected you yet. Mm-hmm. And and so it's not like a yet. It's not like, a, oh, my God, it's going to happen. It's that she's she's been here for everything so far. Yep. Um, and so instead of staying isolated and staying ashamed and 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 worrying about how this might impact her or yep. stress her out or or make you unattractive for her instead of that say how can i make us closer how can i be more true to myself and how can i trust her to be the good and loving person she has been so far absolutely and i think many of us walk through this world thinking that that person will stop loving us once they figure out this part Who of we me. are Right. If you only knew. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like dear Polly said, that thing that I carry around in my wallet, which is that you will think that you are the most fucked up person. Don't believe that for a second. Right. Because we are all going through so much stuff. Um, and Ellen is here. Ellen is loving you. And I don't think that there's going to be a point where you will finally reveal your broken rotted soul and she will finally see you as being the horrible person that you think you are right i think that she sees you for who you are in some ways more more clearly than you see yourself because minds think alike because you know years of self-harm depression anxiety can really give you a skewed perception of the tiny wonderful baby soft heart that exists within you um, and it sometimes takes other people to look at us and see that heart and say, no, I see that. And I refuse to let you believe that you are anything but that wonderful, wonderful thing inside you. Exactly. Anonymous, we think that you should let Ellen love you just the way she has. Absolutely. Thank you so much for writing. We really appreciate this letter. Thank you. We love you. All right. So... We always end every episode with something that we would like to send you home with. We call it our blind date. This week, we want to set you up with... Pride. Okay? <laughs> Hear me out. <laughs> Sam doesn't what know... What kind of pride? Sam doesn't know what I'm about. LGBTQ pride. Yeah. Prides of lions. <laughs> <laughs> well, One of the seven deadly sins. <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, Sam doesn't know what I'm about to say because it's something that happened when I was doing a show last week that I just I it like shook me to my core. It's I'm going to talk specifically about like LGBTQ pride, but I think it goes for any marginalized group. OK, mm-hmm. so hear me out. I've recently had this revelation about um, rainbow flags mm-hmm. Um Particularly the rainbow flags that people put outside their houses, okay? Mm -hmm. So for a lot of my life, I saw those flags and I read pride, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm like, cool, this person's proud of themselves. They want people to know this is what they're not ashamed of, which is great and empowering and really transformative for a lot of people. But I had this revelation like walking through a neighborhood recently um, 
I just was like reflecting on my life and and looking at those flags. And I thought, man, I didn't realize when I was younger or to this day how much those flags um, make me feel safe. Mm-hmm. Like how much they don't act as a pride, like, hey, this is who I am, am but instead you're welcome here, like come as you are. Mm-hmm. And so then it started, and then I realized whenever I buy a house one day, I'm going to put a flag out, bec- not for myself, even though I am proud of myself and my identity, but because of the sense of comfort it gives you, especially when you're younger mm-hmm. and you might be closeted or questioning or unsure um, or you feel inadequate or whatever. And so I just started reflecting on the idea that pride flags or any type of pride, right, can make other people feel seen and safe Mm -hmm. and how it's so much about representation, right? You probably had this revelation before, (laughs) right? Or or, I don't know. It was new to me, right? mm -hmm. And then this is the, the, the crux of my story. I was thinking about that, and I was driving um, through upstate New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a show, and then I was going to visit my grandmother. And upstate New York can be pretty rural. Yep. Um, it's where I grew up. And I stopped at a gas station to get coffee on the way to my grandmother's. And I pulled up, and it's just, like, filled with these huge trucks. A lot of those towns there, um, they're middle to lower class. There are rural farming towns with a lot of, like— um, great hunting land and you know like I think you could stereotype it as like the sticks you know sure um, and I think I can say that because I grew up there <laughs> you know my graduating class was like 50 people but I don't really know because I dropped out of high school um, but anyway so I pulled up to this gas station to get some coffee and um, I pulled up and there's all these big like rig trucks there yeah and I look up and one of the biggest trucks there has like a messy spray-painted rainbow across the entire side of it. It's a white truck, okay? Uh-huh. And I and I kind of chuckled to myself for a hot second being like, I wonder if they know if it's pr- that that means gay pride. Yep. Because I'm also in a small town, which a lot of people can assume um, maybe has some small-town bigotry. And no offense to any small-towner out there. You probably know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um and so I'm walking up and being like, ha, huh, I wonder if they know that's gay pride. And then I, I walk in front of it, and on the front of the, the hood of the truck is in big, like, tape, duct tape is written pride. And I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> like, well, shit. I'm up here being like, I'm a hyper-liberal, and, um, you know, assuming that they don't know what this is, um, and that I'm like the cool liberal one that gets it. And all of a sudden, shame on me for assuming that they didn't know that, assuming that um, queer people aren't everywhere mm-hmm. and in every demographic ever. Yep. Um, and I just became so emotionally moved um, by what a brave statement that is, especially in some small towns where um, maybe the uh, – general collective thinking on homosexuality or a queer lifestyle or any, you know, it can, we can go into race or we can go mm-hmm. um, into religion. And um, I think about those small towns that are terrified of Muslims. And, mm-hmm. um, and I just thought like, damn, like you, and I went back to the idea of the flag outside the house that you're not just proud of who you are. You're, you're literally driving around this tiny like town Mm -hmm. 
telling everyone who you are, but more importantly, telling everybody who you can be. Yep. That like people are safe with you. And I was just so moved by this fucking truck that it was like I, I just thought it was that that person is putting themselves at risk to yeah. make other people feel safe. And I just was so moved by it that I said, oh, my God, I'm going to say this on the podcast. <laughs> I love it. Let's all show our pride. Yeah. Friends, so let everyone else know that they're safe. And if it's not safe for you, then we totally understand yeah, that as well. Absolutely. I just <laughs> wanted to say that. So if you it's ever come to story. my house, I'm going to have a rainbow flag, um, regardless of whatever relationship I'm in, um, because I want people to know that they're safe here with I me. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can sh- submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com. Which you, where you can also find our merchandise in case you want to get something for your family for Christmas. Probably not, because by the time this airs, it's going to be like five days before Christmas. Yeah, that's when most people... That's when I do my Christmas shopping. Shipping is a bitch, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? True, true. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. But I mean, and- like, buy them. <laughs> Just want to clarify. <laughs> this is the worst commercial ever. Yeah. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. And uh, if you would like to support us on Patreon, you can find us at patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. Uh, this all helps us keep the lights on and helps us find more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original music recording and editing by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, the What If Podcast, and remember, we all know the annoying phrase, everything happens for a reason, can probably go die in a garbage fire. But there is a lesson in everything. Not everything makes sense, but everything is a teacher. And you, regardless of what you are going through right now, are going to make it through it. You are worthy of the very best in life. And you can lovingly allow yourself to accept it now. You are loved, loved, and lovable. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs>